welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. For an industry that is probably 80% female and 20% male, there is often a disparity between the recognition and high profile that the male hairdressers get against what the leading female hairdressers achieve. One notable exception is today's guest on the Grow My Salon Business podcast, London-based hairdresser Sally Brooks. On today's podcast, we will discuss the hairdressing documentary by Sally Brooks and Gabrielle Masiuka, hairdressing awards and the challenges and opportunities that the industry presents today. So without further ado, let's get into it. So my guest today is two times winner of British Hairdresser of the Year, salon owner of Brooks and Brooks in London, and art director of the documentary film Journey to My Destination. Welcome to the show, Sally Brooks. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for having me. It is How are an you? absolute pleasure. I've been so uh, looking forward to having this conversation with you. We've got so much to talk about. Uh, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Mine. It's brilliant. It's like you're next door. Good, good. Well, I, <laughs> I, I am literally next door. Well, not quite, but I'm, I'm not in another country like most of these uh, podcasts have been with so far. Yeah. So, look, um, where should we start? I, th- I think let's start off with talking about two times hairdresser of the year. I, I am very excited to talk about the documentary film, but... Um, um, you know, the fact that we have a current British Hairdresser of the Year um, on the podcast is fantastic. Uh, the fact that you have won it twice, and God, I hate saying this, but the fact that you are a female that has won British Hairdresser of the Year twice is an even more powerful accolade. So let's get that out of the way and say congratulations on that because it's an incredible achievement. Thank you so much. It's, it's a funny one. It's like I'm always asked how it feels to be, you know, the first female in, what is it, 10 years or so to be, to be British Hairdresser of the Year. And I say I'm actually the first female to be nominated in 10 years. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's a big one as well, isn't it? That is um, huge. There's been no females nominated for this award in over 10 years. Okay. Um, so, so let's dig into that. That's as good a place as any to start. Um, why is that? I don't know, really. Um, I mean, I've I've never used being female as part of my um as my career. Every time I've been asked to interview something on being a woman, I've actually declined it. Um, I don't really see the difference between male and female in this industry. I do think it's it's a funny one though. It's like up to the age of thirty, mid twenties, thirties, it's completely even. If not, there's more women coming through, and then suddenly after thirty, it's more men. Well, do you know why? No, I don't. I mean, look, you've you've obviously uh, okay. So I've asked this question to other people, and the obvious one that comes up, and you've sort of almost gone there, is uh, you know twenty to thirty. It's it's sort of you know even territory, um, yeah. and then after thirty, it drops off. And so, what is that? Well, is that the biological clock? Is it that a lot of women are yeah. um, you know having families, etc.? I mean, not everyone chooses to to have families, but you know, not you know, obviously, if you're running a business, if you're training staff. If you're motivating staff, you're trying to do photographs, you're trying to be a wife, you're trying to, um, yeah, you know. Yeah, a lot of it comes, uh, for me probably, comes down to travel. I mean, you know, up to, up to 30 and 30 to 40, really, there's a lot of travel. I mean, you know this in your career when you're, you know, when you're doing that sort of work. It's a lot of being away from home. And I do think a lot of women don't want to be away from home as much. 
yeah. whether that is kids or things. I just think it's actually they don't want to be traveling as much. And I think travel is a big one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a it's such a sensitive subject. You say the wrong thing. <laughs> you get hung, drawn and courted for this. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I don't think... I mean, I, I always say, you know, there's so many amazing men hairdressers and they're, they're really good at what they do and they're really good at promoting themselves. So maybe the women, you know, maybe we don't, we just don't do it as much. Maybe we just don't promote ourselves as much or we don't want to promote ourselves as much. Um, but I, I definitely don't think the men are doing anything wrong to be where they are. I think they're amazing. And I think all the, the men at the top deserve to be where they are. So... I don't know. Did yeah. that, do you not mean? I don't know. Yeah, I, well, I, I do think from my experience that um, that women are less likely to want to promote themselves. Now, I, I, that's yeah. not a negative. It just let's, seems let's to be a reality. About it. Yeah. Let, yeah. I don't know. Maybe just quieter. Maybe quietly getting on with their careers. Um, I, I don't know. There's, I don't think there's a, a, a real reason to it, but I do think the men are better at promoting themselves. Yeah. So are you a finalist in it again this year? Well, you have to be nominated to be a finalist. Right. Um, you can't enter British Hairdresser of the Year. It's right, a phone call that you get, you know, that two years ago came completely out of the blue for me because, you know, if anything, I was thinking I should have probably been nominated for it 10 years ago when I was winning all the awards. Um, and then all of a sudden, phone call out of the blue. Um, and you get nominated. So, yes, I am nominated again this year. I'm literally sitting on the computer trying to prepare for the shoot I've got in two weeks' time. Fantastic. Good. Well, I know, you know, from past experiences that... Uh, you know, there's a huge amount of work, a huge amount of money, a huge amount of time that goes into putting those things together. So, uh, you know, is, congratulations. There's a benefit if anybody wants to enter awards. It's it's not about, it's not about winning something. It's never, to me, ever been about winning something. But it does make you put your ideas to a photo. Does that make sense? So if you're not totally. entering the award, you go, I'll do it next week. I'll do it the week after. It gives you a deadline that you have to do something. And that's the best thing because it, it, it you know, it forces you to do what's in your head. Definitely. I mean, I, you know, used to enter a lot of awards years ago. Um, and, and I used to, I, I was just telling someone this just the other day. In fact, I was telling my daughter it. I said, uh, that I, I entered the, when I was in Australia, the Australian hairdresser of the year, uh, eight times, um, and eight times didn't win anything. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then won it on the ninth and the 10th time. And I must admit that a lot of people would said to me on the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time, mm -hmm. you know, why don't you give up? Like, why do you keep entering this? And I, I but basically it, it was exactly what you just said. I don't think that it's all about winning necessarily. It was nice to win. I enjoyed the fact that I it's won. nice, but, but it's not the most important thing. Exactly. I, I used to think when I put the submission in the envelope, and sealed yeah. it up for the courier to take, that that was the moment in time where I'd won. That that was the moment where it was like, I've done it again. This is where I am at this point in my career. Yeah. And, and you can look back at where you are in that point of your career. I think that's really important. It's like I, I say to, to you know my team and other people who I talk to, it's like do something that represents what you're into that year, and then you remember why you did it. Exactly. And, and you're doing it for all the right reasons. You, you've got to do it for the right reasons. You can't do it to win because otherwise you end up doing something that's more generic because you want it to win. And, and the minute you don't want it to win, you just do something that's more yourself. Yeah. Well, good advice. Okay. And coming from someone who's won it twice and up there again, um, you know, very best of luck. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing, you know, what the end result is. Me too. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Any models yet. No I'm models sure yet. it will all come we together. We have to do it. No models yet. Yeah. yeah. So, has there been, you know, when I looked at your collections, um, yep. they were beautiful. 
collections and awards are not necessarily always beautiful. It's not a given. And and I often I looked at that and I sort of wondered um, how much of that is a female thing. You know that that you know that you very that they. What's the word you might use to describe some people's collection? Is you say they're really strong, and then you look at yep. someone else's collection, yours. Um, it, it wasn't not strong, but it was beautiful. Beautiful model models, uh, beautiful hair, beautifully executed. Um, a, a little bit more of a nod in the editorial direction than often yep. what you see for um, hairdresser of the year. Um, is that is that a how much of that is I a conscious I thing? I don't think it's a female thing. I think it's a stubborn thing. Okay. <laughs> it's a definitely, um, it's a definitely what I said a minute ago. It was a definitely about me shooting a collection that represented who I am in that time in my life. Yeah. It's not, I don't make my work softer because I'm a female. I can do just as hard work as other people. It's just for me, I think last year's, especially with simplicity, is I, I just think sometimes when I look at hair pictures, I don't know how the public or anybody can relate to them. And I just wanted to do something that actually anybody could relate to. Yeah, yeah. Well, It wasn't like hairy, hairy. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't always avant-garde. I think there's been a lot of avant-garde in the past. And, um, you know, I just wanted to come away from it and do something completely different. Yeah. Um, not, not thinking it would win, but just... I just wanted to do something much more editorial, much softer, um, and much more wearable to, to people. Yeah, good. Okay, well, you've certainly it's been achieving It's very hard it. doing simple, though. It's, it's really difficult. I nearly buckled halfway through the shoot and was like, I need to do it stronger. And then you have to really stick to it because to simplify something, I think, is harder than my shoot the year before when it was tougher. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Especially when it's very editorial, it, it, it can yeah. it can look um, you know unashamedly editorial. That it's just natural yeah. and that it's beautiful and it's not trying too hard. Um, yeah. what, what what advice would you give someone on the award thing if you were just some youngster just starting out and you know wanting to to get into awards and seeing that as a as a as a path they wanted you follow wanted to follow? What what, what advice would you give them? I think you've got to surround yourself with people on, on a photo shoot that you are like-minded with. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people that book a photographer and book a, a stylist and book a makeup artist that is kind of, it becomes their shoot. Yeah. Um, I think what's really important to me is I, I always choose, I always work with Jenny because Jenny's my friend and we've worked together since the first photo shoot we ever did as babies really the first time Jenny did a photo shoot and the first time I did a hair on a shoot I worked with Jenny and we've kind of grown up together so we have a real understanding of each other but I always change the makeup artist and I always change the co-stylist um, right. because I like to work with whoever's right for the job at the time but each person on, on the team has got to bring something yeah so that it allows you to concentrate on hair. You you can't go around art directing everybody. You know, your team has got to bring something to what you're doing to make your picture come alive. So it's about going out a youngster. It's about going out and testing and finding different photographers and different makeup artists and different stylists that, that you can work with that actually, you, you know, you start to, to collectively get your own visions together. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, it's not about going, I want to enter a ward. I'm going to throw loads of money at it. Um, I mean, the best advice I can give is hit the streets. I mean, you know, two of my models on my first year's winning collection, uh, three of my models are off the street. I street cast. Um, so they're not professional. Know, it, it, on the on the first shoot, there's two or three that aren't professional. Wow, three. There's three that aren't professional. Fantastic, yep. fantastic. I paid them fifty pound off the street. Okay. Yeah. So it's not about money. 
I mean, I, I'm a great believer. I don't spend a huge amount of money on um, any of my collections. It's not about throwing money at something. It's about trying to do something to the best of your ability. Yeah. And sometimes that's about removing money because it makes you more creative. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, 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 I always say that to my team. It's like, you know, we don't have big budgets for things because it, it forces them to be more creative. Otherwise, you can go on a model agency and you can pick that girl. She's already got the haircut. You pay, what do they want for it, £5,000 or something absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But it, it, there's, no, there's, there's no challenge with it. So it's not about money. People can, you can do it. But well, you've got to also trace, stay true to who you are. Exactly. Well, you're definitely, you know, the, 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 the proof is in the pudding with what you've achieved. So congratulations on that. Let's talk a little bit about your salon for a minute. Um, yep. You know, how long have you had it now? Ooh, 17 years. Wow, my God. I didn't think you were, I thought you were going to say 10 yeah. maybe. Okay, so yeah. 17 years. So um, years. how many staff have you got in there at the moment? Ballpark. Uh, 35. 35. About so 35, yeah. Fantastic. So significant London business, you know, London hairdressing yep. salon, you know, um, uh, you know, well awarded, well recognized in lots of different areas of the industry. Uh, and it's you and your partner, Jamie, yeah? It's me and my partner, Jamie, yeah. Okay. Um, and any, any and, plans and on expanding? Yeah. Do you know, it's something we've been asked years and years, um, why don't we have more salons? Why don't we have a product line? Why don't we do X, Y, and Z? But it's not what we really went into it to do. Um, you know, you, you make choices in your in your careers and you make choices to expand or not expand. We have a very successful salon. We have a lovely team of people. We win lots of awards. We do lots of show work. We travel quite a lot. But the most important thing is, is we've set our, set our life up to enjoy our life. Jamie has two children. I have two dogs. Um, what do you need more money for? What do you need more salons for? What do I need more headache for? I'm really happy with the life I've got, and we're very successful in, in the life we've got, and, and that's enough for us. Good. Okay. All right. I will need to talk about this movie because this has uh, just really set me alight. Um, when, I, when, I, when it first came out, I watched it, and I was I had no preconceptions. Um, and when I saw it, I was just absolutely floored by it. I watched it again last night because I knew I was going to talk to you today. Um, it's better the second time around, I think. And the third, you hear different things in it. It's, it's interesting. Well, there were so many great takeaways in it. Um, yeah. So much so much passion, you know, so much love for the craft. Um, I don't even know where I want to start with this. But, um, well, let, let's start with the obvious thing. Why? Why did, you, why did you do this? What was the impetus behind you making this documentary? You know, when I won British Hairdressers of the Year, um, I thought, it's like, how do, how do you use that title? I think is, is the most important thing. Like, what do you do with it? And I just decided that I'd been moaning the same as everybody else, that we have a massive problem at the moment, getting youngsters into the industry, um, motivating youngsters, um, getting schools and colleges to promote hairdressing as a profession and also the way some people see us as hairdressers um so i met this guy called gabrielle he's uh, 28 years old he's a barber cross uh, stroke videographer um and he was making a couple of little tiny three minute um clips for two of my staff that were doing a show and every time we finished that meeting and you know he left the office me and him would start talking and in the end i asked him if he would make me a three minute youtube clip to promote um, hairdressing to schools and colleges um, as British Hairdresser of the Year. And then we talked a bit more, and then it was a 15-minute, and then it was 20 minutes. And then one day he said to me, are we making a documentary? And I said, have you ever made one? And he said, no. He said, have you? And I was like, no. And he said, shall we? And I was like, let's do it. And that's really where it came from. 
And then once we decided that it was a full documentary that we were intending to make, it was then tackling the channel, cha- challenges of, you know, that came to actually make it. But that's how it started, really, a three-minute YouTube clip that escalated into into something that took us about nine months to finish. Right, so you, you never set out to do a one-hour documentary to... At you one know, point, this was a seven and a half hour box series. I tell ooh, you, we had really, yeah. twenty four. Oh no, no, we had when we started, we had seventy eight hours of footage. Yeah, and we oh took that down God. to twenty four hours, and then we took it down to five hours, and it was brilliant at five hours. Yeah, and then to ruthlessly cut it to the one hour that we decided was the right thing in the end was the bit that took us the longest at the end. Okay, I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff on the cutting room floor. Do, do you have a um, a favourite scene in that one hour? I know I have a favourite scene, and I'm sure it's other people's as well. But I'm curious as to whether you do. I have loads, of, probably because I interviewed everybody, and each interview that we did was approximately one and a half to two hours long. I mean, me and Gabrielle travelled around the country doing this. Um, but each interview is about two hours long and there's so many amazing pieces but for me it's the connection between uh, the piece we just love is the connection between um, Gianni at the beginning and Marco when Marco comes in with it's passion it was just a beautiful sentence beautiful interviews there's loads of funny stories I mean uh, Joss um, amazing the barber Yes. When I when I walked into Joss Salon, which is actually in Sheffield, um, I'd researched who I wanted to be in this, but I didn't know everybody, which is quite interesting as well. I didn't just choose people I knew. I chose people that I really researched first. But when I walked into Joss Salon, it was so beautiful. I looked up, I'd got about three cameras wrapped around me in a backpack, and I walked into the fire hydrant, and I broke my toe just okay. in the morning when I'd said hello. Yeah. So then I've, I've got one of the cameras and Gabrielle's got the other camera and all day we're doing the filming and then I had to do this. We were still there at 11 o'clock at night doing the interviews and Gabrielle turned around to me and said, right, are we, are we finished? We walked back to the hotel. I was like, I've broken my toe <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> but there's so many funny stories with it. So many funny stories. It was tough. It was really tough. Well, that's my favourite scene with Josh Davies, uh, where you ask him what he feels yeah. like, yeah. and the way. I mean, you couldn't have scripted that. You, you know, nope. his his reaction, the way it was filmed, so the way it was yeah. edited, the look yeah. on his face, and the answer that he gives is just yeah. absolute magic. It was like, wow, that is brilliant. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, um, also, if you think about it, when we did the interviews, out of who's in the documentary, there's five other people that cried. Really? Okay. I we didn't... just put the one in. Okay. We yeah, I was going to say, in. I didn't see any others. So, so yep. five, right. Okay. Well, yep. it, it, is a, it is a movie that, uh, you know, there's a lot of passion in it. There's a lot of love in it. I mean, it shows the hairdressing industry, um, you know, in a fantastic light to a lot of people. H- have you had any, you know, pick up from it in terms of colleges, in terms of schools, in terms of, you know, careers advisors? Has, has anybody, you know, in those sort of areas got onto it and said, this is great, we want to use it? It's amazing. It's it's um, going around America at the moment um, into the colleges over there. Okay. American Salon is going to tour it. It's obviously gone to Australia. Um, it's in all the colleges. It's being picked up here. Uh, hairdressers are taking it. The, the, the great tool with it is hairdressers are using it to do talks in their local schools across the country. Good. Um, we're just about to translate it into Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, 
it's 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 phenomenal the response with it and it's it's quite a nerve-wracking thing i mean if you think put yourself in my position i'm british hairdresser of the year and i'm about to bring out a documentary yeah yeah to the industry yeah that's quite a challenge yeah without a doubt i felt and it's probably why you know i'm really the most proud of it is is i felt like it was my responsibility to represent to the to the whole industry across the world and mm. how we feel about Hedgeson at the top yeah. and that's why I chose not to be in it very much I chose to direct it well that, that's a very good point I was going to say that to you that um, you know when I first sat down to watch it I mean I knew it was your project it was your baby yeah. I knew you'd done it with someone else uh, yeah. but I weren't sure how many people you know were involved in putting this project together literally just two of us <laughs> just two of you right so it's yeah. yourself and, and Gabrielle, Gabrielle did you say right yeah. okay so um you know, when I got to the end of it, I thought, didn't see much of Sally in it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, yes, I heard voiceover of Sally uh, quite a bit, yep. but there was a lot of you not being on camera. And does that yep. sort of relate back to what I was saying right at the beginning of this podcast where I said, or we said, you know, why is it that maybe women don't want to be so high profile? What, what was, how intentional was it that you wouldn't be on camera very much in that documentary? It was 100% intentional from the beginning, and it was 100% probably why I chose a, lots of different types of people to be in it. That the, the, the documentary did not become about one person. It became, so the, the, the most powerful thing with it for me is when you finish, finish watching it, nobody stands out. What stands out is the, the, the craft of hairdressing. Yeah. Now, if I was in it more and voicing it over and directing it, it would have become a Sally Brooks documentary with other hairdressers. Yeah. It's yeah. not about who's in it. It's about any hairdresser in the world taking it and using it as their tool. That was the most important thing for me. Fantastic. Well, I think you, it's like, you it's definitely... It's like a present to the industry. Go and get some kids in. Does that make sense? It's, yeah. it's like... A present to know, the industry. It. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's good. What, what, what did you learn doing it? Oh, my goodness. We're debating whether to make part two at the moment because we learned so much. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I, I was going to say, is there a sequel? So it, We are debating it at the moment. Right. Okay. It's... um. Like I said, we learned so much from doing this. Um, what did I learn? Mm, again, I think it goes back to me being a bit stubborn. Um, I learned never to give up, like, but I'm like that anyway. Yeah. Um, like if anybody said no or um, they couldn't do it or we had to find somebody else or, you know, we had challenges, it was, it was just pick the phone up and ask, just pick the phone up and ask. And I'll tell you something this industry is amazing for is you pick the phone up to any hairdresser and they will help you. Yeah. Even if they can't do it themselves, they will help. It was amazing, the support. I mean, I just wish I could fit it in another 70,000 hairdressers in it because everybody was unbelievable. Um, and they all give that, gave their time. Um, I mean, that last, that last shot at the end, I don't know if you remember, we, um, with, the, with the younger generation. Yes, yes. The end, right at the end where it says we need to promote the younger generation, blah, 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 blah. There was 32 people in one studio on that day. Wow. Okay. I have no PR, I have no PA, I have no assistance. So it was organizing 32 people to be in one studio, booking the studio, finding an English clothes designer to do their clothes, Kevin Luchman to do the photog to photograph their looks. And again, he's a hairdresser. Yeah. Everybody's hairdresser. The makeup artist we chose is a hairdresser. Um, and then we've got to coordinate that one whole day for one piece of filming with two of us. Yeah. What, what, what did you hope to achieve from it? Um, I hoped that parents, schools, teachers um, will see that hairdressing is a profession. Yeah. 
worth going into. Um, over here at the moment, I, you know, we have this thing that you're not allowed to take hairdressing as a career choice unless you're failing in your, your exams. I didn't know that. Is that, is that yep. official? Is that like, yep. yeah. That's shocking. Okay. Well, that I did like, shocking. you know, there was that scene in the movie where you, I, I don't want to give away too much about it in the documentary yep. about the book right at the beginning where you have this yep. careers booklet and you're thumbing through it uh, in so alphabetical order. So my, my little, uh, my little work experience girl um, that, that comes to me in her summer holidays, she's at college at the moment. She really wants to be a hairdresser. Yep. She's super bright, super intelligent. Her dad wants her to do something different now she came in with her dad and she's like look what the school gave me and i flicked through it and i was she's like hairdressing isn't in it and i was like there you go that's the opening of the documentary yeah yeah but it's so true but then you know also the idea of the documentary is we're very good at hairdressers are saying oh i'm just a hairdresser we're very good at that yeah we, we are. can do it we are and it's trying to change that perspective of like we're not you know we're really good like we are really good we are a profession we have so many opportunities yeah, so that, um, but that, but that perception's got to be changed from within the industry before you can change 100%. it outside of the industry. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's just remembering what you do. I mean, there's so many people have watched this um, documentary and, and sent cards and letters, and it's not just for youngsters. It's it's to remind people of why they loved hairdressing in the first place. Yeah. And the amount of messages I've got from people that said, it's, you know, I was thinking of giving it up, and now I'm fired back up to do it, and I'm really proud of our industry. And, and that's what we need to do is promote the industry like that. We're also not very good as an industry of saying that we get paid. We're like, oh, we're hairdressers. Don't like to say that you can earn good money in this industry. Um, you know, we've got to change that perception because otherwise the schools and that and, and parents and teachers won't, won't get their kids into it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of aware that, um, you know, you're not normal in this industry. Having, you know, a salon in... Uh, you know, in the middle of London, 35 staff, uh, winning British Hairdressers of the Year a couple of times. Uh, you're not normal. The people in the movie, um, you know, they're the top 10 or top 20% of the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm trying to sort of connect this to what we were saying before about the perception of the industry. Is the perception of the industry right from the outsider looking in for a lot of the industry? Is it is it right? Is 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 no. a big percentage of our industry full of people that are not particularly ambitious, not particularly uh, creative, not not particularly you know um, on a mission to build a career? I don't think it's any different to people in any other industry. The top in any any profession, the top go to the top. Yeah, it's trying to show people that you can go to the top. Like there are the same opportunities, wherever your upbringing is, wherever you're from. If you want to reach the top, hairdressing allows you to compete at that level. Hmm. And that's the difference. There's always going to be people that aren't as into it as, as other people. There's going to be people in different industries that aren't as into it as other people. But sometimes people think, oh, they get other people get opportunities because. And no, people get opportunities because they work hard. Yeah, exactly. Do, do you think do, do you think that hairdressing as a career is uh, as a career choice? is improving or uh, going in the opposite direction? Hmm. Um, I, don't, I, I think if you are a salon owner, you have the responsibility to train the person that comes to you well and give them the opportunities to succeed in hairdressing however they want to do that. If you're a salon owner and you're not going to deliver that to somebody young, don't have them. Send them to somebody that's going to. 
Yeah, that makes you a know? lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. otherwise, you know, you're not getting, giving anyone an opportunity to do well at something. Yeah, I mean, sure. what, is, what is doing well in what, what is doing well in hairdressing? This is what I would say to people: What is success in hairdressing? Is it winning British Hairdresser of the Year? That's only if that's important to you. Is it having a salon? That's only if it's important to you. Is it being able to have kids and travel with your, with your, you know, taking your scissors to the beach, traveling with it, or being able to have children? If that's important to you. So hairdressing can offer you so many different things. Whereas most industries can only offer you a small amount. But the collective thing that's really important is you're trained well at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and then you can that choose varies dramatically. your own destination, which yeah. is why the documentary is called The Journey to My Destination. Well, I was what gonna, is the destination? It's almost as if you can see my notes because that was my next question. How did, the, how did the name for it come about, The Journey to My Destination? Like, what, what, it was, if you could meet Gabrielle, who I've made this with, he is one of the most humble, beautiful, softly spoken gentlemen that you'd ever meet. And um, because he's been trained to, to be, uh, he's a barber and a videographer, when we, the more we talked about this project and the more it grew when we spoke together, when I said to him, have you ever made a documentary? And he said, no. And I said, do you want to? And his answer to me was yes, because I think my destination is to make this documentary with you. Good. Fantastic. I've been on a journey and it became the journey to my destination. Good. Good. Yeah. That's great. And I, I love the way you cover lots of different aspects of the industry, you know, whether it's working Yeah, like I said, my dream was to make a box set. I could have gone on and on and on with this and, and, and stopped working in the salon and, um, you know, made a 10-part a, a series with it, um, which I would love to do yeah. if I could do it. Because um, there's so much more I didn't cover. There's so many great opportunities. There's so many different angles. Yeah. Um, that was the hardest part of it is just keeping it. And if, if you do a sequel, will it be made yeah. of the stuff that's on the cutting room floor or is there a lot of new stuff that you would need no, to film? No, it would be new. Be all new. It would be right. new. Okay. Yeah. So it's a shame people can't see the extended interviews. We haven't had time to, to, to put them on properly because the extended interviews are amazing of, you know, the footage that we've lost. Or yeah. lost that we've uh, well, well exactly. That, that was one of the things that I wanted to see is that I, I read somewhere that there were lots of um, extras and I've been looking yeah. for the extras. I can't we find any. meaning to put it on the website and do the extras because like I said, if you listen to it, like everybody's interviews are amazing and we probably use, 30 seconds of each one. Yeah. But um, it's so much time. I mean, what happened at the end of this, again, this is a really lovely story. It's like, the, you know, the documentary is called The Journey to My Destination. Uh, again, going back to Gabrielle, he's one of them people that works really hard, but you have to be in the right place and you have to have the opportunities. And some people just don't find the opportunities. And at the end of this, we screened this in a cinema for everybody involved in it when we finished it which is a whole another story because that went disastrously wrong until the last minute. But that's fine. And at the end of it, Vido Sassoon bought the DVD. Um, they sent it to be looked at in the States. And uh, Gabrielle is now employed by Vido Sassoon as their internal videographer. Oh, fantastic. Amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. Great. Yeah. Well, Amazing, every, yeah. Every, everything happens for a reason. Um, now he's working full time. You know, it might be easier um, because I was working full time when I was doing it. It was really, really tough. Yeah. Yeah, really definitely. Tough. Definitely. It, it was very English centric, wasn't it? You know, it's not what really. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, okay. I know, uh, obviously, you know, Gabrielle um, and uh, Gianni, there's some, you know, great, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, some great names there, some great Italian yeah. influence there, et cetera. But um, am, am I right in thinking that, you know, Gabrielle is, is, was UK based? Gabrielle is UK based, but do you know, I'm going to say Romanian. 
Oh, really? I thought he was Italian. Yes. Okay. No, no, not Italian. All right. Well, uh, my, I can my, never pronounce my surname. Bad. It'll kill me. I've spent like a year working them. Gabriella Massasuni. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at it written down. I understand your frustration <laughs> there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me ask you yeah. a broad question about the hairdressing industry. Uh, what, what are your hopes for the future of the industry? I don't know. I, I, I think the industry is changing at the moment, mm -hmm. and I think things have to change. Um, I love the fact that I came into the industry when I did, um, and we didn't have social media, and you know we spent most of our time in the pubs. You'll, you'll relate to this, talking to other hairdressers, meeting up with the other hairdressers, meeting with photographers. Um, it was a lovely time to be around. I just I hope that there's not much pressure put on the youngsters that social media is the most important thing. I think social media is amazing. I think it's an amazing education platform. I think it's great, you know, to share, share knowledge and things, but the pressure it puts on a youngster coming into the industry is enormous mm. and the time it puts on people. And sometimes I think there's nothing better than actually talking to the person next to you in the salon, sitting down and having a coffee with somebody, going for a wine with like-minded people and actually going to events. I think they're losing out on actually seeing what the industry is about okay. it's a really amazing touchy-feely industry of amazing people and you don't get that same thing from social media yeah what what other changes do you see in the industry that you don't see as being particularly positive um i think we've got a big thing of um self-employed coming in yeah i'm not saying that's a positive or a negative um but I think the negative at the moment is it's, um, you know, come and work for us because, you know, you've got a full column of clients and bring your clients to us. It's like, but then you've got to support each other. You know, when you work within a team, it's so important that you support each other because, you know, if, if you're doing well, then the person next to you is doing well. If that person's doing well, the next person's doing well. So I hope that doesn't change the industry too much. And I think, I also think there's going to be a lot more older hairdressers coming into it. Um, I don't think it's going to be just school leavers. I think it's going to be people are going to have a career change and we're going to get a lot of older people coming into it, which I think is a great thing. Okay, that's interesting. Yep. Okay. Um, and what about positive changes? What, what are the things that you see that are happening in the industry, you know, whether in the UK or globally that you see on your travels that you go, wow, that is fantastic. That's, that's the future, that business model or, you know, that way of working, et cetera. Again, I think that's the positive of social media is, you, you know, you don't even have to travel. You can see all of that sort of thing. I don't know. I've just spent quite a lot of time in um, China and Japan. Mm. And I just think it's amazing. Like the, the, the standard of work across the whole world is just escalating. Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, I, th I think that's unbelievable, you know, because the, 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 the higher the standards, then the higher everybody's standards go. Mm. Um, and you can really feel that when you're traveling at the moment. You know, it used to be the UK and Australia and places and, and America, were the, the big ones. And now it's like, oh, this is interesting. Um, you know, I think there's, I think there's a, a, a flair coming through that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I, I, I agree. No matter where you yeah. go in the world now, you see very good hairdressers. Very good hairdressing. And I think, you know, we've, we've been um, very colour focused for the last five or six years, which has been fantastic because that hasn't happened for a long time. Yeah. But you can just see this little vibe of cutting coming back in at the moment. It's like a little underground feeling of the cutters are coming back. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, definitely. What, what, what do you think is driving that or who is driving that? Oh, I don't want to say names. Keep your eyes out. Um, yeah. I'm not got... talking about hairdressers so much. I'm talking more about, 
you know, the age of celebrity, social media, that sort of thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you say, we've had this long hair thing for a long time now, yeah. and it's inevitable and that it changes. Um, inevitable that it changes, and that's again, it's what you say to your team, isn't it? Don't get stuck on one trend because fashion changes in hairdressing. Well, exactly. I speak to a lot of salon owners all over the world, and the biggest challenge that they have now is that they have, you know, team members who can colour hair really well, but yeah. um, you know, they have a real problem with their, uh, you know, technical ability with anything that's above the chin you know so to yeah. speak and uh, everything goes full circle so it's it's it important to be you know multi-skilled and you know always evolving in your skills to be able to accommodate whatever the market wants yeah and i think it's it, it's just always trying to be better at what you do always trying to be better at what you do i think there's there's a there's a thing i think you know because people want things so fast now youngsters want things so fast which is great they've got the opportunities to get them faster i think that's a really positive thing for the industry because it means that people leave school they're not going oh to get there it's 25 years down the line you know they can get opportunities faster there's more opportunities yeah so that's a good thing what i think happens though if you if we're not careful is they kind of run out of steam and they plateau earlier to the chat, you know, oh, I've done this show. Oh, I've been here. Oh, I'm fully booked in the salon. Oh, I can do that bleach and color. You know, I can do all of that. And it's like the, the hunger to do something better goes a little bit. And then you find in people are just plateauing out. They've got to keep going. Do you want to be in this industry a long time? You've got to keep moving forward all the time. If you're really good at something, stop doing it. Change direction, do something else. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good words of advice there. This this uh, documentary, how can people yep. listen, who are listening to this now, how can they access it? If you just want to tell us, I mean, I know where they can access it, but I'd much rather you told them. Yep. It depends uh, where you are in the world. Um, you can get this uh, buy or rent on Amazon. Um, so that's, that's an easy one. So that's America, UK, Japan is just about to hit. Yep. So that's on Amazon, just normal Amazon. You go onto Amazon, put Amazon Prime in, Prime Films on, and it's straight on there. On the website, there is also DVDs available. Um, so you can purchase DVDs to anywhere in the, anywhere in the world, um, and that's set up. Um, so, yes, you can get it anywhere in the world, really. Great. Well, uh, Sally, I really want to... Uh, start wrapping up now, but I just, you know, want to, you know, re-emphasize what a fantastic um, production quality this is. What a, what a fantastic, to use your words, gift to the hairdressing industry it is. I mean, I, I can't think of anyone anywhere uh, who's in our industry who wouldn't watch it and yeah. uh, be proud to be part of this industry because I think it depicts the the possibilities, the opportunities, the love for the craft, the passion, the commitment, the pride, you know, all those great expertatives, you know, it, 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 it really is a fantastic uh, accolade for you to have, uh, you know, put on the shelf alongside your trophies. So, um, you know, thank you um, for, for being someone who's done that because uh, it's something that I'm only too happy to show other people and recommend to other people that they go out of their way to watch this and to share it with as many people as possible. So even if you're not a hairdresser. Oh, definitely. It's worth watching. Without it's a not doubt. Not just for hairdressers. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, social media, you did mention that before. Where can yep. people reach out to you? Where can people connect with you and uh, and uh, follow what you're doing, see what you're doing, follow your awards progress, etc.? Is there a particular platform that they're most likely to find you on? Uh, on the Brooks and Brooks um, Instagram is, is where we are the most relevant and what we tend to do the most when we've got time. Um, or people can, I will say to everybody, anyone's got an issue, email me. 
Okay. Just email me. If say, I said that to everybody. If you've got, you know, if you're having trouble, you know, in your salon or you want to know how to get onto this or you want to go and meet somebody, or just email me. I'm always like, just email me. Okay, what's um, your email address? It's inquiries at brooksandbrooks.co.uk. Great. And I can vouch for that, that I emailed yep. you and you got back to me. So, uh, yep. Might uh, take me a couple of days, but... You know, it's sometimes it's like it's a small question that somebody wants to know or they want some want help with. It's like just email me. Okay, email so me. email you or on the Brooks and Brooks Instagram yep. page. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Okay. Well, Sally Brooks, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you ever so much for giving us the time, and thank you for this wonderful gift that you've given the industry. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers. Okay. Thanks, Sally. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.